Welcome to Grow Your Creative Agency, a podcast. Nate, Nate. Yeah? It's not, not going to work, not man. not going to work. Okay. Hey, this is Eric Parnell, owner of the Northwest Collective. And Nate Kupish, owner of Blastoff Studio. Has your creative agency plateaued? Or are you growing slowly and ready to scale up faster? Or maybe you're just ready to give up and get a nine to five. Listen in as we chat with founders who have successfully built up their own creative agencies. Join us as we learn how to get the clients you want, generate greater revenue, and develop a sustainable business model that makes you more productive and less stressed. Hey everyone, welcome to Grow Your Creative Agency podcast. Today we have Sarah Green from People People Agency. Uh, Recently um, have updated and changed their name. She'll tell you about that in just a second, but incredible guest. Um, can't wait for you guys to get to meet her and hear her story. Tons to glean from Eric and I have been already. Um, yeah, just really grateful to talk with her over the last half hour and get to know her a bit. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Do you want to just jump right in and kind of recap and share a little bit of your background for our listeners on uh, how you got to where you are today. And then kind of later on in the episode, we can talk about what you're actually doing today and all those details. But what was kind of the last, um, you know, couple parts of your life? How did you get to where you are today? Absolutely. And thank you for, for having me. Um, let's see. So, well, as, as of right now, we are people, people, um, (laughs) this is our 25th, um, 25th year in business. Um, but we actually rebranded to people, people from, we were previously a DEI creative, um, and we rebranded to people, people just uh, earlier this year. So that's been a, a big change. Um, but what set me down this path um, really was one of my uh, original bosses in college. I was working working at the uh, university um, bookstore marketing department and um, not loving what path I was going down, uh, down the, the teaching uh, education path. and. Uh, she, one of my bosses, really encouraged me to just focus on the arts because that's what I was doing there, and and I was loving it. And so that was that was really great advice that she shared, um, and it definitely helped change change my path. And from there, so I ended up graduating with my degree in arts. Right after school, I was offered a job at a small design studio. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. But about 10 months in, my boss at the time ended up closing up shop due to just personal issues. And he moved away. So I was 10 months out of school, had just landed my first job, but all of a sudden found myself with, without a job. But luckily, a lot of the people that I had been working with sought me out. I just slowly started building building my, my clientele. Wow. Um, you know, I I never really had a big master plan of of creating a or building a creative agency, but over the course of of time, you know, especially in those early years, I met a lot of amazing people who liked what I created and shared shared my name, and right. the agency just grew very organically, like hired and scaled up when absolutely necessary, when I had more work than I could handle. Yeah. So in in those early years, it sounds like you started out, you weren't looking to build a business, but you were a designer who was doing design work and just kind of needed to pay the bills after the shop you were with closed up. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely really slow um, at first. I, you know, I spent a lot of time out running and floating the river yes. <laughs> back, back then because I didn't have a ton of work. It was a pretty sweet lifestyle when I look back, but I had, I had no money. Um, so I had, I did have a couple of side jobs that helped support me. And back then I was living in Leavenworth, Washington and mm -hmm. so super small town and the rent was really cheap. I didn't have kids to support. So yeah. it was easy to, you know, to, to get by with, with the little bit that I was, that I was making at the, at the time. Cool. Right out of the gate, I'm, I'm already struck. I've already written down a few things, but I love how you touched on the fact that someone that was in your world that you, I would assume you respected, your boss, you know, at, in college, in this job, just made a kind of a, I don't know if it was an offhand comment, but I'm assuming it wasn't some serious meeting. It was probably just some conversation, right? About would you ever consider yep. maybe changing? And I love that because I think for, that's been true for me. I think Eric's experienced that. And I would imagine a lot of our listeners, there's some encouragement there to just be open to people around you, to shape your direction and to listen. So I've already written down one thing. So thank you for, for joining us. And just for our listeners too, who can't see where we're doing this on video, um, got some kids swings there in the trees in the back. So now you've got a family, you've got kids. But back then when you didn't, what were those side jobs or not side jobs, but the, when the clients uh, had contacted you, this studio agency kind of closed down and you had some people reach out to you, what were you doing? Like what were the practical types of design that you were doing back then? Back then I was just doing a lot of, of print design. You know, there wasn't a lot of digital back, mm -hmm. back then. This was 20 years ago. So it was a lot of, a lot of print work, a lot of brochures. Actually, one of my my first big jobs was for Mission Ridge Ski Resort. Um, Allison Jeffries, who's now a very close friend of mine, um, was running the marketing department and asked me to create their brochure and ski map, which I was super excited about because I do love yeah. to snowboard. And they were both like super intensive projects. I think I charged like three thousand dollars for the for the set, and then spent like two entire months of wow. creating them. So I like if I broke that down. I probably only made like $5 an hour. Of course. Of course. Um, but, uh, but at the time I thought that was really big money and it was a fun project. So, but yeah, I did, it was a, a lot more print work back then. And mm -hmm. some trifold yeah. brochures that show the ski map. Uh, I mean, yeah. the bifold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. Cool. Cool. Rack yeah. yeah. Cool. Choosing the paper. <laughs> What a fun uh, first big project, though. For, I mean, it sounds like you were into skiing already at the time or snowboarding. And, yeah. Um, to get them as a design client, very cool. Did that, yeah. did that lead to more in that industry? Um, did it kind of? It did. Okay. It did. Actually, that really set set me down a path because so I, you know, did a bunch of work for Mission Ridge and uh, I did that for a, a few years. And then after that first initial project, and then Mission Ridge was purchased by Harbor Resorts, which was a larger conglomerate, and they had they owned then Mission Ridge, Stevens Pass, and Schweitzer. And so I started doing all of the design for all of the all of those oh, um, wow. cool. resorts, which definitely I, I didn't have enough time and manpower to do that my myself woman power <laughs> to do that myself. Yes. So ended up hiring at that point, but. But the, uh, the the company that owned Harbor Resorts was 
there was there was an affiliate it was harbor properties and they did big developments in in the seattle area and like high-rise buildings apartment buildings and whatnot and so the harbor properties really liked what they were seeing coming out of harbor resorts the, the creative and so they they reached out and i started working on some of their more urban projects which shifted i ended up i at the time as i mentioned i was in leavenworth washington i ended up shifting over to seattle ended up being in seattle for 10 plus years after that my um that was kind of what what pulled me over there was all of this urban work um and so we ended up doing a ton of of work in that real estate realm um at, at that point which was which was great they had larger budgets than ski resorts, a lot of the same type of work, creating brochures and marketing campaigns and, you know, dipping into branding and, and whatnot, but also then di diving into the web website realm and, and everything that. else that that entails. Yeah. Love that. So you said two things that caught my attention. One was you were designing, doing the ski brochures. It had the, the maps, it had expanded in the scope of what they wanted you to do and you couldn't do it on your own and so you hired and then later on you said we i think talking about like yeah. more than two okay so we want to know a lot of people well most of us right unless we have some angel investor or you know wealthy someone who stows a lot of money on us to just start our own agency most of us start on our own so what yeah what was that like what was your interaction did you 1099 someone did you just say like i'll give you a thousand bucks to help me like how did you get those first people to help you well early on i did have a couple of contractors that i cool. that i brought on just to to help out i think maybe one person was part-time but my first real hire was like for a salaried position, full-time salaried position was, was really, really difficult just because, you know, I was going to be spending mm -hmm. every day, every day of the week with this, with this person. And it was just going to be the two of us in a big loft studio downtown. Yeah. And so it was, it was really, a, you know, a challenging hire because I didn't want to make the the wrong decision. I needed somebody that was very, very talented in what they, what they, in their craft, but, but also somebody that I really genuinely wanted to spend time with. So ended up hiring my, my first full-time employee. Her name was Light and she was amazing. And she was actually, she ended up staying with me until about two years ago. Wow. So she was with me for 20 years, but it was i hired well in the sense yeah. that she she stuck around and we worked really well together and she was ended up being a very close friend how did you find light gosh now how was i think it was craigslist the thing back then oh i can't even remember yeah. just some job posting I, board actually you know what i think i put it up in um at she had been a student at cornish i think maybe i posted it at cornish nice. or some of the schools because i don't yeah, it's a good question. I don't actually remember exactly how I found her, but I I hired or I interviewed a number of people at the at the time, but I can't remember how how I found them. That was twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, can I ask a question on on a little yeah. bit more on that? How did you did you have one specific job description that you were hiring in this case, light for, or was it a wide range of skills that you were trying to cover? Well, I was hiring a designer, graphic designer was okay. the, the primary, but obviously being a small studio, it, 
I mean, as you guys know, that you, right. you end up wearing so many hats. And so I think I might have even had watering plants on the job description. Yes, nice. <laughs> but it, it was first and foremost, it was for a, a designer, a graphic designer. And then, you know, through through discussions, you know, it was definitely, I made it clear that you'd be wearing a lot of hats. You'd be meeting with clients, you'd be talking to new potentials. And, and back then, you know, nowadays we have creative producers that work with the designers and the clients. So there's more people on that team. But at the time, you know, each of us would just be working individually with those clients. And so really wearing all of the hats from strategy to creation to project management. And then also nice. needing to keep the plants alive and all yeah. that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, one other thing kind of stood out to me as you were sharing, this is something that I think about a lot is for your early beginnings, it sounds like your work kind of made a way to more work. Um, you were you were doing a great job on with the ski resorts. I was discovered by the parent company or or same company. It sounds like for another division, and yeah. that that stood out to them, and it brought on more. I think some people who are starting out that I talk to are are kind of worried about. Well, you know. I might have a client to start, but what if I don't have another one in six months or a year from now and are kind of nervous to make that leap? And that's something that I, I will often encourage them in is that your your work will lead to more work. Um, it sounds like that was the case for you. Do, do you feel similar? Yes, absolutely. We've been really, really fortunate throughout my, my whole career in that we haven't done any any marketing or any true outreach it's been a hundred percent word of mouth so wow. which is which is not super typical but i think honestly i think the biggest thing there is just doing putting your best work forward doing the best work that you can and having good relationships with your clients and they will of course then you know if, if they like you and they like the work that you're creating they're going to say to their colleagues or their friends or family whoever they're going to talk about that and that that will just propagate into into more more business that's definitely been been the case for for us just leading with kindness is really really important and being mm. a friend and making sure that they're you know the clients your clients are having fun in the process of working with you it should be the funnest part of their of their day when they're working on the creative side of of nice. their business you know you That's always been now now i want to work with you now I'm like, what yeah. projects can I hire people, people for? Sarah's told me. What did D D E I, right? D E I Creative? Yes. Was that an yes. acronym? It was. Yeah. It stood for Design Elements Inc., which so is cool. not super creative. That's nope. no, okay. Hey, um, it's standard. Oh my gosh. So back in the day, I was literally, I was doing my own thing. It came time to put down a name on my business license. And I was like, oh shoot. And my boyfriend at the time was like, well, what inspires you? And I was like, the natural elements of design. Yes. So that's that's what I that's what I wrote down. The natural elements of design on my business license. The very very first time. And then the very first time I had to say that when I answered a call. Yes. It um, just didn't I, hit you. You know, answered the phone and 
No, I was like the natural elements of design. I'm like, okay, that's a that's a complete mouthful. I'm not going to say that every time. So I shortened it to design elements, and then we incorporated, and it became the acronym DEI Creative. And honestly, it served us well for you know many many years. Um, the only reason we really re wanted to rename to people mm -hmm. people was a number of years ago. We just we felt like there wasn't enough story behind DEI. I didn't feel like there was enough of a, a story there. And so we started going down the path of coming up with new names and just wanting, because we that's what we help people do. We help them yes. come up with names and name their products and their businesses. And we felt like we needed to be walking that talk a little bit more and have something yes. a little bit, you know, that felt more like us. Yep. And uh, so we started going down that path and we came up with the name People People. And then we, this was a few years ago, and then we decided we had too much brand equity built into DEI. Of we course, didn't want to go down that path. And then just, you know, in the last couple of years, the acronym DEI is, been, is being used very differently with diversity, equality, inclusion. Oh, and oh no, we, I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we That's honestly... Well, it it felt like we were taking up space that we shouldn't be taking. You know, right. it felt like it felt like the acronym DEI had a way more important purpose than what we were using it for, and we didn't feel like we should be taking up that space. And so we wanted to kind of open up that 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 name. And so really and, cool. and it, it gave us the little kick in the yeah, pants to make the jump, and and we were definitely a little worried that we would see a decrease in new business that you know, with SEO, people might not find us as much. And honestly, it hasn't, that hasn't been the case. We've been really pleasantly nice. surprised that we, we haven't seen much of a decrease in people still finding us via Google and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Well, cheering yawn. I, from, from an outsider's perspective, people, people, it does carry a lot more personality and I'm, for sure. we are right there with you. We just spent like four months going through our own internal rebrand. And that's just myself and our team being like OCD about stuff and then realizing, no, actually this is us. And so we stuck with it. There. Okay. I have a really, so pricing early days yes. up to now, you've been doing this for 20 some years, right? And yep. we honor our clients. We make sure that they're enjoying the time with us, that they trust us that actually fuels a relationship that builds more business, both with them and with their networks, just in business yeah. language. I mean, they share about us. So just as a recap, how did you go about pricing then um, with your clients? And you can share from however you want, but it could be in the early days, it could be now. Um, and the reason I asked the context of this is, did you ever feel like, because this has come up in conversations a few times with Eric and I, did you ever feel like this is a really good client? We're going to keep the price at a very approachable because we know that we're going to grow with this client. And if yep. so, how do you determine when to charge, aka full price or industry standard or whatever you want to call it, and when to like, let's just feed into this relationship. Can you kind of talk around what your experience has been around that? Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely do the same. You know, when a project comes in that we're like, oh gosh, this would be a really fun one. Mm. We really, really like this client. It's a friend, it's a family, you know, somebody that we want to to help support. Or if it's going to be, if we know it's going to be a fantastic portfolio project, we'll definitely bid on the lower end just to make sure that we get it because we wouldn't want to out 
outbid ourselves. You know, we wouldn't want to outprice ourselves. It's more important to us to have that project. And that's that goes down the path of like wanting to make sure that we keep our portfolio really diverse and make sure that we have, you know, those are typically the more fun projects. And we want to make sure that we're balancing the fun projects with or the the not as fun projects yes, that might yes. be more time intensive, maybe not in as fun of an industry with these other ones that are that are more fun. So we definitely try to create that balance and will certainly bid lower on mm-hmm. on certain projects. It is always tough then at what point do you, you know, in- increase the pricing? I've I think it's just it needs to be a conversation saying, hey, we really want to work with you. We're going to, you know, come in lower to make sure we fit your budget. Yeah. When when new projects come up, you know, try to try to increase that where where their budget will allow for it. Oh, yeah. Like once you're once you're building that relationship, but yet you yeah. do need to have a larger margin for practical mm-hmm. sakes. Just so it's just a conversation for you. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. That's kind of how we approach it. Yeah. Too. Awesome. Well, um, you know, I know that we got kind of the early beginnings of your story and and working with developers. And I know at at some point, just from my previous conversation with you, you kind of started to transition uh, your client base and um, maybe not wanting to be too niched in one particular area. Do you want to tell us about that? So when we started, we we ended up working, as I mentioned, with a lot of developers in in this, well, in specifically in the Seattle area, real estate developers, I should say, and that that spread. You know, we we ended up having a ton of work in that real estate realm, and it was it was wonderful. But well, two things: one, we didn't want to be absolutely, we didn't want to only be working in that in that area of that that industry we wanted to make sure that we were working in, in other industries as well and so as i was mentioning some you know when projects came up that that were in other industries that that we were excited about we would you know quite often bid a little bit lower to hopefully win those projects so that helped diversify and i have to say i think one of the the best things that we did as a business was make sure to really diversify our clientele because that helped us through a couple of recessions a pandemic you know with specifically in real estate had we not had we only been working in the real estate realm and the recession hit in the mid 2000s what was that 2008 2009 we we i do think we would have sunk i don't think the business would be alive today had we not already have diversified our our clientele so that was that was definitely something that i think was a smart move at that point and Mm -hmm. i think that actually was really helpful with the pandemic as well having a more diverse uh clientele because a lot of businesses that shut down um projects that we had in the works that had to cancel and so yeah keeping it keeping it diverse i think is really an important aspect to having a successful agency nice what other kinds of clientele did you begin to take on what categories food and beverage has always been a fun one we've worked with a bunch of different cideries breweries wineries uh, kombucha companies that's that's definitely been a, a fun area where we're able to come up with the the initial brand sometimes the names of the actual products or the 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 different flavors of, of kombucha for example 
Should pick favorites. The clients might listen to this. <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. I think Seattle Cider was was definitely a, a fun one. Um, and that really opened up a lot of doors for us after mm. after working with with that company. We did all of their all of their branding and packaging and, and all of their collateral and website and everything that people people still come to us saying, hey, we really like the the work you did for Seattle Cider. And that was 10 years ago now, maybe. Wow. And what did that diversification look like? You had mentioned that you, you know, hadn't had to do any marketing, formal marketing. So did, were people just coming to you and you were saying, no, we're in this industry. And then at some point you kind of opened the floodgates and allowed those people to come in or how did you get the word out? How did you change grow? It wasn't that we were necessarily saying no to certain types of work, but we were probably bidding ourselves out of it. So. Mm taking risks and bidding lower to get into certain industries was was definitely a benefit That's and cool. helped us helped us grow into different because once you do one thing in a certain one thing well in a certain industry people start talking about that or you know say you know we we won awards in certain for certain projects and then that gets a little recognition and and it's cool circling back we're we're um, part of a group here in Bend called Cultivate Bend, which is a CPG focused um, group. Which is mainly people are creating beverages or food products or or other packaged goods, and a lot of them are in yeah. the kind of startup phase and and don't have a lot of marketing dollars. Um, but that's a category that we want to do more work in. And so we've been been involved and hoping to, yeah, maybe maybe pick up a client. And but that that can be scary when you're, you know, know that the the rate's going to be probably much lower and kind of taking that risk. But that's good to hear that on your end, it kind of worked out to to have that portfolio piece and and it led to more. Absolutely, I feel like that has been one of the most instrumental methods for for us in in getting access into a new industry. Um, well, but it does, you know, it does have the negative of not having as as you know, you don't you don't make as much money on those projects sometimes. And that's not always the case, you know, it 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 uh I think there's we we just do a lot of talking with the the client the potential client on the front end and really getting an understanding of a is this a one off or is there more potential down the road meaning you know will this lead to more work with them and potentially others. Well, you, Sarah, your joy is very apparent. Like you carry joy with you, and part of Eric was uh, when we were talking before the before we hopped on the call with you. He's saying. Your agency operates out of, um, is it Seattle proper? Yeah, yeah. We're, um, our studio has been in Seattle for, uh, gosh, 20, 20 years now, for, okay. almost 20 years. And um, you relocated. Capitol Hill for the last 10. Oh, cool. Capitol Hill. And then you yes. relocated yeah. to Bend. And sorry, I think we're lagging a second. So if I interrupt, it's totally unintentional. Um, and then, yeah, so you relocated. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was? Because, and I bring up the joy comment because you seem to be someone who is chasing things that really align with Eric and I too, you know, a little bit more about the values in life and all that. And that's, you know, when you're running a company, in this case, your own agency, that can get lost quickly when you're talking about bigger amounts of money, people to 
who have livelihoods who are, you know, reporting to you. And so what, what's kind of your philosophy? You moved to Bend. What was that all about? Gosh, well, 10 years ago, I made the shift to Bend personally. So I, I've, my family and I moved here and I, you know, we have a little satellite office here, but it's just, I'm the only one that works, that works there. And we so so essentially 10 years ago i had had i had had a baby my husband was working from home he was able to work from wherever he was in sales could work from wherever i was only going into the office on capitol hill like two days a week and the rest of the time i was i was working from home and being home with the with the baby and essentially we just were feeling a little bit stuck like in when we were down we were literally downtown seattle you know to get out to the mountains we're both very much mountain outdoor people um mm -hmm. i love trail running snowboarding surfing you know just being being out not in the not in the city yeah <laughs> um, i yeah. love the city i love the the culture that that brings but we were never getting out to play anymore you know just like it felt it, like it was we would take way too long to get out to the mountains to go for a real true trail run and we weren't able to do it together now that we had the baby you know it was just it became more difficult to get out and so we started thinking outside the box and how could we potentially make this work so we looked at different looking at different areas we have a, a big group of friends that happened to be in bend oregon mm -hmm. and so we decided to uh to give that a shot and see 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 if we could make it work basically so we sold our house in seattle bought or, or just rented a place in bend and the intention was just to stay for a year and see how it, how it worked because i was only going into the office two days a week as it was and so the plan was for me to go in to be in seattle two days a week and just fly up be there for two days and and fly back or just you know one night so two full days one night and and then fly back so i technically would nothing would change work-wise because i would i but when we're home we'd be in a spot where we had access to the outdoors really at our at our fingertips and yeah after the year we basically just didn't go back we and and, and i had told my team my my clients um everybody that you know this just we're i'm just moving for a year we'll be back and then the year kind of came and went and we just we loved we loved it in bend <laughs> didn't didn't want to uh didn't want to go back to the city um and so and it was working my commute was working um it was it it just it was it was mapping out well i it it it, it led to a greater sense of um it made my heart happy just being yeah. being out, able to recreate on a on a whim but still also keeping the business thriving for eight years basically i've i flew up and and i only did two days uh in in the office on, on occasion i quickly learned that i didn't want to be away from my family because that by then i had two kids two little very little ones about the ages of yours now and i didn't want to be away that much and so ended up just going flying up for a day so i would go on a 6 a.m flight work a very very long day and i'd be home by midnight basically so one really long day in the city at the office and then the rest of the time i, would, I was working from from home so i did that for about eight years and then covid COVID hit and well, and to, to back up, you know, one of the things that allowed me to do this was my team is just incredible. I definitely like am 
empowered them with with more responsibility with that you know some profit share in the business so it's in their best interest to make sure that the company is continuing to thrive because that comes back to them so that was that was definitely a, a big component there that that um, helped facilitate that that shift and made it successful for for, for me and for them I think they probably enjoyed not having meet their boss there every, every day maybe <laughs> um but i think it just opened up a lot more freedom for every for everybody and we started the whole team started working from home on fridays because it didn't really feel fair that i was working from home three four days a week and they were they were you know having to be at the office so fridays a number quite a number of years ago like six years ago we implemented that where they everybody worked from home on friday and then and then COVID hit and on all of a sudden i'm like okay nobody come into the office everybody was obviously working remotely and so for for two years that's that's how it how it was and that's actually how it remains today nobody everybody really loved not having to make that commute into work it just it saves time i think we're even more efficient honestly staying remote we do still have our office on capitol hill in seattle um, with a conference room and everything so when we have client meetings we're able to go in and um and host those at the at the office if i'm going to be in seattle for for work for for meetings you know at least a handful of the other team members show up and we all work work together but it's been that that was definitely the the silver lining and with covid for me was no longer feeling that full to be in in the office because i always felt so much guilt not being there when my team was there so that was was definitely a little bit of a silver lining for for me and i think it's working really well having everybody continuing to re work remotely it actually was really helpful because we had already all set up a means to work remote we didn't we weren't clamoring or struggling when when covid hit and everybody was then working from home because we already had established how to access our server and all of our projects remotely and had everybody for the most part had a little home office set up that they worked from on Fridays. So that was benefit, I guess, something that we had on our side when, when COVID hit, yeah. it made it a little bit easier. Very cool. Sounds like, you, yeah, you guys were well set up there. Um, and, and kind of speaking of the employees side of things, you know, I know just from our conversations and learning more about your business, you guys are very successful. You've won a lot of awards. You're doing very well. But I know that, that, like you mentioned, a big part of that you attribute to your your great staff and people like your first employee who have been with you for a very long time. And all of your staff seems to have a lot of a lot of sticking power. And I know one thing you mentioned was you do a like a company trip every year. Um, I think you you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Every year we do. Uh, well, we try to every year do some sort of of retreat. Obviously, we didn't do that during the COVID years, but we 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 plan a getaway. We've had a, a couple here in Bend. Sometimes it's with their the team's um, significant others and and families, and sometimes it's just it's just the team. Um, so I think you had shared that. Giving your team ownership, you had taken a surf trip to Panama and you had given them permission to write proposals on their own, given some autonomy. Yeah, that was an interesting story. We, um, I was headed to Panama on a surf trip um, with my 
my my my boyfriend actually we got engaged on that trip um but uh we while i was gone this and this was a long time ago now my team writes proposals all the time <laughs> but back then they that wasn't something that was part of their job description and so i basically said hey i'm going to be offline for a couple of weeks two weeks you know just use your best judgment i will back whatever decisions you make and when i got back they you know had indeed you know sent out a couple of, of proposals one of which i when i saw it i was like oh my gosh it was definitely much lower than i than i would have quoted it as um it was probably like a, a third quarter oh, of the price no. i would have i would have been at probably three times higher but it was a bomber of course but at the same time we honored we honored our scope you know and i i explained you know what how i would have did this differently um had i done this but i wasn't there you know so i was stoked that they had taken initiative and but the cool thing is, is that we ended up winning a bunch of awards for wow. that particular project which mm -hmm. we probably never would have won had i been the one quoting it because we probably would have outbid ourselves and so they, i think we we landed it because because of the the excellent price yeah <laughs> uh, and in you know it ended up being uh coming paying off well you know more much more so because we ended up um winning a ton of awards and getting a lot of of recognition for that project the value ended up being much more you know mm -hmm. than than had i bid it or had we lost it entirely but we are um just to to bring back the the trip we are heading out next month on a a team retreat just uh, just the team not the families we're going down to palm springs for a oh come um, on the days to to do a getaway how big yeah. is the team right now sarah <laughs> it'll be fun there are 12 of us that's cool it's really fun well as we kind of wrap up the today's work looking back we've gained a lot of I've written down, Eric's written down quite a few um, takeaways that we'll kind of use at the end of this episode as some recaps that stood out to us. But one question we love asking our guests and today, Sarah, it's you, is have you had or your business, your studio, People People, um, I feel like I just kind of slowed my words, uh, People People, <laughs> have you had any side ventures or just personally, you and your husband, like what kind of like, yeah, how, what does it look like for you to have side things? Or is this it? Like, this is, this takes all my time. This is where my focus is. How do you, how do you play in that realm? Yeah, well, People People is definitely the primary. The side project, uh, Support Local is probably the biggest side project that we've taken on. That was, uh, you know, something that came to be during, during COVID. It, basically, we you know, we work with a lot of small businesses and, and communities. And when COVID hit, we really felt like we wanted to help support. We were trying to think of how we could help support small businesses, how we could help benefit communities, help them get through this. And so we implemented a, an uh, an online marketplace platform. We built it so that communities could uh, implement that and put all of their businesses online collectively, you know, showcasing their different products or services. And then the community leader, like the chamber or the business alliance or the city could then promote all of those businesses collectively in one place. And so we ended up, I think we ended up building out about 22 different online marketplaces for communities across across the nation. I mean, it was mainly between Washington, Oregon, and California, but there was also a handful kind of sprinkled around the 
the East Coast and Midwest as well. So that was definitely, and it's still something that's a, that's thriving today. Support-local.com is the, the umbrella site. Mm-hmm. And then we have, not all of them, some of them have closed down because they haven't been as necessary with, with COVID not being as prevalent now, but we still have a, a bunch of, of those marketplaces that are, that are live. So that's been, that's definitely cool. been probably the biggest one. The other thing that we created, our team built time tracking tool. Oh, neat. It's like a project time tracking and organization tool. So we use it for reporting, for projections, for adding all of the time per project. Is that an we internal it beast, But it's basically, well, we're, it is right now. Now's your time so to push it, Sarah. Now's the time. Tell us the URL. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Well, there is, it's not out in the world yet, but okay. it's definitely okay. something that we're contemplating bringing to market. But it's essentially we like years ago, we were trying to find a really good project management or time tracking tool. And mm-hmm. they were either too in depth, like too many bells and whistles, or or didn't have enough um, behind them. And so we we couldn't we didn't find anything that that really fit our need. And so we just ended up developing our own and we've really honed in and refined it over the years and we've actually have been talking about potentially taking it to packaging it and taking it to market putting it out there because it's the it's the best creative tool for small to medium-sized creative creative agencies it's a we call it the beast i don't know i'll be the first (laughs) i'll be the first to say uh Blastoff would sign up. We can be your trial users. We'll pay yeah. your full subscription fee. But case study. Case study. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you've got Reich, Asana, Monday, but it's all, they're all very, nothing fits for exactly what we're doing. So we pay f- too much for something. We don't use all the, I mean, we have a um, project manager and she leads our team using Asana, but there's a lot of things in there that we, we just don't need. So, but um, okay. Get it out there. We're in if you do. Yep. Um, we'll have to chat more about that because we'd love your input. Sarah, I know before we got on the show here, we were talking quickly just about kind of prioritizing fun this past summer, the importance of that, you know, in, in your life and, and in my life um, kind of resonated there. And I know that's been a kind of a common theme for you throughout your career is the importance of freedom, of family of travel and you know i think in our previous talk you'd mentioned that may may have been at the detriment of of some of your growth business wise you know like probably could have been a much bigger agency if that was your only focus in life mm-hmm. but yeah do you want to speak to that a little bit and just kind of tell us about those values of yours yeah for me it's i i definitely think that there's nothing more important than having a really healthy work-life balance you know in my mind family always comes first and you know there was definitely there was definitely a period in time when i first started a family you know prior to having a family i worked my tail off i worked round the clock at times and it was really not healthy and um, not sustainable and when i found out i was pregnant and going to start a family i i really wanted to make sure that a i got to experience a true like maternity leave i didn't want to feel like i had to work all the way through through i wanted to really enjoy having a maternity leave and and feel that even though i had my own business um i didn't want to not end up having that and i so i ended up taking a, like a 
a full six months off at that time. And I basically was like, well, either either the business is going to sink or it's or it's going to fly. But but I had I made a really conscious decision back then saying this is more important to me right now. I -hmm. want to be present here. And if my business cannot survive without me being as quite as present, then so be it. And luckily, this is a true testament to my incredible team. Um, But luckily, the the business continued grow and thrive. And it was really eye opening for me because prior to that, I really felt like I myself had to be at every single meeting, I felt like I needed to be the one leading everything because it was my my agency you know i felt like i had to be there and show up and so it was it was really eye opening for me taking that time making that decision and kind of taking that leap to realize that my team has this you know i i obviously it's beneficial for me to be present at as much as i can but letting letting my team lead and and grow and seeing the company still continue to thrive. It was really, really eye-opening and really helped me learn how to better delegate moving forward and and uh keeping keeping that a better work-life balance. And ever since then, you know, that was 16 years ago. So every ever since then I've definitely taken a, a different approach. And it's something that I've tried really hard to encourage my team to make sure that they're balancing as well. Work should never be first. You know, it should be something you enjoy and you love doing. And so you want to prioritize it. But your your health and happiness and that of your your family or the people around you is what is really most important. So figuring out how to balance both while still being successful is, yeah, is my primary, primary goal. That's really good. We have one more wrap-up question for you. It's actually an optional. You can choose A or B. So I'll give you two. But before I hit that one, 16 years is, is maybe a lot to go back. What did it feel like you when you returned to the office, having originally felt like you needed to kind of be the glue or it was part of your identity, and then everything worked out just fine, and then you go back and you're like, what, what were you thinking? How did that feel? <laughs> well, you, you definitely, you know, it definitely shifts, shifts your perspective. And th- at that point, I... You know, you you want to obviously feel like, oh, nothing will survive without me being <laughs> being, right. being there. But recognizing that it does, you know, it's that's a double edged sword. Like on on one end, it's incredible because mm-hmm. it opens up, you know, opportunity for other things to fill some of that space. But it also, you know, you you feel like a little bit lost in yeah, wanting right. to understand, like, well, how can I best yeah and like so i think at that point i really had to had to lean into recognizing what my strengths were mm. in the business and how i can best be how my tools can best be utilized there for 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 the continued growth and for me you know still continuing to be creatively fulfilled while also having having the business continue to to grow. Yeah. And so for for me that ended up i dove more into less less doing less design Okay. I hardly ever do much design anymore, to be honest. And uh, I focus almost all of my efforts on uh, creative direction and new business development. So that's mainly just talking when new potential clients come our way, talking with them, working on those those new client relationships and building our business as a whole. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, of creative direction that goes into that and then leading, you know, certain select 
projects. And that's pretty much my role today is, is focusing on project management for, for just select clients and creative direction and then new business development. That's, and then just like the business management piece as a whole. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's fantastic. It sounds like you, yeah, you found out your strengths as my four-year-old would say, he calls, uh, he says the word boost a lot, but that's what came to my mind. Like you found out how you could boost your company and then you just stepped right into that flow and it just, that's really cool. Okay. Here's your last, here's your last question. It's an A or B one or two, uh, star or bullet, whatever. Um, you get to pick one. So looking back question one, looking back, would you have done, uh, what would you have done differently? knowing what you know now. Okay. So pretty general question. If there's one thing you were going to say to someone starting up their agency or within the first uh, kind of phase of their agency, what would you tell them? Or you can go the other direction. And what's the, what's the single most important character trait uh, for you in hiring in what do you look for when you hire? So you, you can only pick one, which question do you want to try and go for? <laughs> um, I, I feel pretty solid in, in the, the decisions that the, in the path I, I took. So I'm going to go with question two. Okay. The, the single most important character trait I think is being thoughtful. I think that is one of the most important, important things having, being kind and thoughtful, because if you're, if they're, when when I'm hiring, that's I'm looking for that type of person because that's the type of person you want to have around you. Somebody that's going to listen, be responsive, someone truly truly thoughtful. Whether it's with the team, with the clients, that's probably the most the most important. Aside from being excellent at their craft, that's that's obviously primary. But um, as a character trait, I think being being thoughtful and respectful is probably the most important thing. Perfect. That's what I tell my my kids, at least. Being yes. respectful, they have to respect themselves, the earth, the people around them, all of that. It's really good. It's really good. So good. So much good stuff in this conversation, Sarah. Really appreciate your time today. Really enjoyed talking with you. And yeah, I think you've done it right. It seems like you have been focused on growth and you've done a great job at that. But a well balanced approach uh, has really served you well. Lots of good stuff for our listeners and um, hope to hope to keep uh, keep in touch and um, find how things keep progressing for you over at People People. Yeah, and highly suggest everyone that's listening to just head over and check out their work. It's people-people. It's an amazing site showcasing some really great work. I especially love the Washington State Parks work that you guys did on the homepage there that you're showcasing as one of your many case studies. It's really, it's just pretty. It's just really well done. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for being our guest. It was, a, it was a joy and an honor and the best way we could have spent our afternoon secondary to being with our kids, but we're working. So this is our, this is the best. Right. So thank you, Sarah, for your, for all your thank time. you so much for having me. This has been, this has been so fun to, to chat.